Hello, I'm Anthony William, and you're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. As I've always said, who has 10 or 20 or 30 years to wait for answers to their illnesses, to their symptoms, and life is precious. I mean, you know that. Uh, I know that. You know that. We know that. There's no time to spare. So let's get into the healing now. Today's show is part two of the addiction series. We can call it a series, I guess, but it's part two, okay? So, and that means if you're, you know, into the show, I mean, you, you need to, you need to get the other show or, or, or listen to the other show is what I'm saying. Gotta go back if you missed it last week. But, this is part two of addiction. The reason why it's part two is because even though we did practically a full hour on information about addictions and, and being addicted and, and the whole bit, even though we did that, um, there's so much to cover. There really is. To do it justice, look, any show I've ever done probably needs four shows, four shows for that topic. And I do one show, and they say, hey, look, we're going to do another one another day down the road. And it's true, because I, I have done, started to do a couple of shows and, and getting into them more, uh, topics that we've done in the older shows, and getting into, getting into it more with more information about it all. So yeah, that's true. But addiction is the kind of thing where it just felt, look, I... <laughs> I feel the addiction of wanting to get part two done, of getting the information out now and not waiting uh, um, four months or six months or eight months or a year or something like that, whatever it is. You know, hey, it's like an addiction to do this show. No, I'm just kidding there. But you know what I mean? I have to get this done. So we have that information in our hands because when it comes down to addiction, it's no joke. I mean, look, the smallest addictions, and I said this before in the, in, in the last show, the smallest ones can be really hard. And there's a lot of different small ones, but there's some really heavy-duty big ones. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, catching the small ones, seeing, seeing them sometimes for what they are, because it can stop us from getting into a big one. You know, some of the things that I offer um, in the last show and this show help us battle, you know, and get help us battle that addiction, or it's going to help us break away from not getting in trouble deeper into an addiction. That's a whole other thing, because here's, here's, here's how it works. With addictions, it takes everything you got, anything you can get, everywhere you can get it, percentage-wise, 5% support here, 5% support here, 5% support here, because it matters. It could stop you from going back to a drug rehab. And it, it can, it can, because if you don't have that support, the problem is when we're deep into addictions or we have small addictions, whatever it could be, there's this breaking point and we just break. We're just like, okay, that's it. You know, that's, that's the point. I've seen it for years for, with people and they break and they fall victim. You know, they fall into it. And if there was just 5% more of support in this area or this area or something they're eating that could actually, you know, throw off that addiction just enough where they have enough inner strength or spiritually speaking, just enough spiritually, just there for them, a little bit of spiritual wisdom or something that gives the other 8%, other 2%, other 9% and stops the fallout and stops the fallout. 
So from the nasty happening where, oh my God, now I'm back into this whole addictive behavior again, and I can't seem to swim out of it. Every little bit counts. And part one, I covered a lot of stuff on, on these two big groups. One is adrenaline, okay, and the other one, glucose. The reason why, when you're aware of glucose deficiencies, and I talked about that part one, when you're aware of glucose deficiencies, you can literally stop yourself from falling into whatever addiction you might be heading into, whatever that might be. And if you're aware of how adrenaline plays the role or plays a role into addiction, you can be aware of it and be like, whoa, wait a minute, I'm getting an adrenaline high right now. And that adrenaline high is leading me to, oh, going to grab some drug or grab that alcohol or grab that candy, <clears throat> whatever it may be. So this is really an important show. Um, hey, you know, and, and on, an, on another note, by the way, hey, go to my website, medicalmedium.com, check out everything that's happening there. Download the healing path. What are you waiting for? Seriously, if you don't know anything about it, download that and start getting into it because you're going to get a lot of help. In fact, if you have any kind of addictive behavior in your in your past or in your life or in your future that you think you could have or addiction, you know, going on in your life or you know someone or some family member or anything, download the healing path. It's free. It's free. That's what it is. It's been free, always was, always will be. There's no charge on it. It's free. And it's an intense, it's basically like an intense course, but it's 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 going to help you move forward, okay? And so that's something. Also, Instagram, we put stories, everybody's stories on Instagram. You know, it's not just the Instagram where you get this little pic and it's cute and it's a couple words. You know, we have, a, we have some of those too. And there's nothing wrong with that because if you only have two seconds and you're flipping through social media and you're like, oh, yeah, that's cute. Oh, that's great or whatever it is, fine. But what we do on Instagram is we put stories, okay? They're, they're people's struggles, what they've gone through, their healing process, them getting better, what's going on with the, you know, the medical medium books, how people are into the medical medium books and how they're changing people's lives. You might be one of them. You might know just by, you know, hearing this and being like, hey, I'm one of them. And if you're not there yet, you'll get there one step at a time. Well, actually, it's three steps up, two steps back, okay? Three steps up, two steps back. That means that's the healing process because when you're healing, your body's doing all kinds of miraculous things. All kinds of phytochemicals are moving through your body and all kinds of different healing energies are happening within the body. And your immune system's recalibrating constantly as you defeat, defeat the Epstein-Barr virus, as you beat down some kind of bacteria, as you beat down some other toxin or some other viral component. And that's how the body mysteriously works. Always remember that. So three steps up, two steps back. Um, a little bit about me. I was given a gift uh, at, since I was, and not a, not a little Christmas present, not a birthday present. I wasn't given that kind of gift. It was wrapped with a bow and it was had paper and it was for my birthday. No, it was given a gift um, from God um, of, of hearing a voice perfectly clear. Someone said to me, well, are you hearing God? No, I'm not. Um, I wish I was. <laughs> you read my first book. I wanted to talk to God so bad and hear God, but instead I was hearing what um, what has been introduced to me since a child, the Spirit of the Most High. And Spirit, I call Spirit, 
was speaking to me at age four, told me my grandmother had lung cancer when nobody knew. And, and ever since then, it's, it was every single day after that, I had the sight to see and hear what was happening with people's health. But in, in book one, in the first chapter, Origins of the Medical Medium, I talk about you know my struggle with hearing the voice and wanting to cut out that voice, get, getting rid of that voice, because I hear it from the outside of the body, not the in, in, inside. So I have no control. The voice is just always there as if someone's talking to you, uh, perfectly clear. And hearing that voice you know, was always telling me what people's struggles and their conditions and what's happening with what's going on in their li lives. And it was tiring. It was tiring as a child. And I could honestly say sometimes it still beats me down to today. So I, I stay out of crowds as much as I can. But what I will tell you, though, is I wanted to talk directly to God. I, you know, I, I wanted to cut out the middleman, which was spirit. And I wanted God to speak to me and hear God perfectly clear. And, you know, and... <laughs> Even though I was told by spirit that the gift obviously came from God, I couldn't hear God. And that was really difficult, really difficult. I'm telling, telling you a little bit about my gift um, because, A, well, first of all, I don't really talk about it that much or go into detail too many times. But I'm talking because, look, you know, when we're in addictions and we're deep into addictions and we feel hopeless and we feel lost, oh, I realize having a voice talk to you could be a great way to pull you out of it. And that's true. And that's true. And I, and, and, but when it comes down to addictions, having information can replace sometimes not having that voice. So I might've been given a gift that tells me, Hey, don't eat that, Anthony. Don't do this. It doesn't mean I want though. I've been known to especially as a child, known to go against spirit and do what I wanted to do, you know, make my way, especially through a teenager. And, um, but, but regardless, you know, I still have that voice that says, don't do that. That's stupid. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. That's not going to help you. And, but what happens is that uh, when we, when we go through life, we don't have that voice it's hard to get it. So we seek it through counselors and, you know, helpers in different ways and, and you know, spiritual support in different ways. And we, we seek it in these different ways. And, you know, it can be re really helpful and, you know, and, and so much. But, but more than that, because a lot of people, they, they tend to, you know, they tend to shy away from um, help with their addictions. We know that. They tend to turn away from it. I and mean, you might know, you might have done that, you might have known someone who's, who's done that. And, you know, when that happens, sometimes information you hear from other sources and in other books or any sources can, can stick and resonate and hold and hold true. And that information kind of replaces that inability to hear a voice perfectly clear in the ear like I do. And so that's why this is important. This is really important to know information, to be armed with it, to have a shield up with it, a shield of it, to, to protect you, to help protect you, no matter what, no matter what illness as well, illness, disease, symptom, whatever's happening, whatever diagnoses you've had, regardless, it's good to have information. It can sometimes and many times be that freeing moment 
be that voice and it matters you know and look I've been getting I've been the messenger of information from spirit and providing that for everybody so so we can all get a a, a piece of spirit the, the the spirit that I hear you know we all have spirit in us we all have you know we all have that that will to survive we all have connection spiritually in different ways and we all have our connection to God but in the way I hear it I like to offer that in any way I can um, the healing path is one way <clears throat> the radio shows are another in the books of course and anything I can do um, for everybody so so that's what it's about. So that's why we're here. So I want to go now into, we're going to go now into the whole heaviness of this, the lightness of it, you name it. That's where we're starting now. Um, so that's the plan. Okay, so I talked about adrenaline a lot in the last show, in part one. And But what I didn't express or tell you is that adrenaline itself is highly addictive. It is a drug. It is such a drug. And so when we do things that are adrenaline-induced, we get just as addicted and sometimes more addicted to the adrenaline surges, more so than the substance, more so than the candy, more so than the alcohol, more so than the cigarettes, more so than the coffee. Coffee? <laughs> yeah. That's right, coffee, all right? More so than, you know, the chocolate. And I'm going to talk about chocolate in a positive way a little bit too, not in just a negative way by saying, look, you know, it could be a, an addiction. I just know so many people with nervous system issues, neurological symptoms and neurological problems that if they eat chocolate, they get, they literally, they're shaking. They're shaking because chocolate is, is so neuro-based. I mean, it's basically... It's basically got some neurotoxins in it, as many health benefits as it has in it. It's got neurotoxins in it. I always say, look, if you're really healthy and you feel great and you don't have any confusion and you don't have any brain fog and you don't have any neurological shakes and you don't have any tremors and you don't have any neurological pains and aches and pains and stuff, you could, yeah, I eat chocolate. It's got some health benefits. I'm sure packed in there. But if you're anywhere, neurologically speaking, at all. I would probably stay away from it. Now, the one thing I like about chocolate is um, for real addicts that are on opiates and they're they're stuck, you know, they're they're stuck on oxys or they're with a prescription or whether that's street drugs or whatever it is, and they're really in deep. And whatever kind of drugs they're doing, um, you know, prescription, non-prescription, whatever's going on, um, what happens is chocolate can be really helpful. It can be one of that 5%, 5% tool that I'm talking about because you need all these different percentages. That 5% tool to actually stop you from caving on an opioid, caving on, you know, a drug, caving on a, a you know, street drug, pharmaceutical, whatever. And of course, you need the rehab when you're in. When you're in on the drugs, really heavy, you need the rehabs. We know that you need to seek out rehab. You need to seek out support. You need family members supporting you. We know the whole thing. You guys know about it probably through experiences or just anything you've read or learned or seen, even on television. But and and you know, I've seen I've seen people. I've worked with people in some dire situations, and 
a secret, one of the secret weapons, if someone's actually dry, you know, they're actually dry, they're off the wagon, I mean, they're on the wagon, however you want to say it, and they're clean, chocolate can be helpful periodically. It can be a way to curve or, or stop someone from going on to, back onto a, a heavy drug or a heavy addiction. So that's the one positive thing I really like about chocolate. I remember back 25 years ago in my office, 25 years ago in my office, okay, I had a stack of chocolate bars, the dark stuff, you know, just it had sugar in it, had the cane sugar, it was like 69% or something or 70%, right, cacao, the whole bit. And it, was, it wasn't a raw chocolate, it was a cooked chocolate, it was a bar, all right? And I had these bars because Spirit taught me that these chocolate bars can save someone's life if it's the right person at the right time. And that's what I was told by Spirit, all right? So those chocolate bars were off limits to all the sick people that came into my office to see me every day 25 years ago, okay, that were lined up. And I mean they were lined up. I was working seven days a week, seven days a week. And I was working for free, by the way. Free. I never charged. I never charged until a dear close friend said, you're going to starve to death. Okay? I had no car insurance. I lost my car because I wouldn't charge. I had to live in the office and I refused to charge. But I was dissolving because I couldn't even get food or pay a bill. And I remember... <laughs> So, you know, 25 years ago, I had people lined up and they were coming in droves. And if, if anybody had a symptom that was neurological in any way, whether it's depression or anxiety or aches and pains, the whole bit, those big stack of chocolate bars, they were off limit. Off limits. That's right, because that was just going to neurotoxically break them down, make them sicker eventually, even if they got a high off of it and they felt a little better. But let me tell you something. Okay, I remember a 19-year-old uh, boy came in with his mother and father, all right, and he was addicted to street drugs. He was addicted to, you know, some kind of oxy or something like that. I don't know what it was back then, I think, but it was definitely an opioid. It was, it could have been, you know, it could have been one of, it was one of those, and he was addicted severely. They went in and out of rehab, in and out of rehab, constantly, the whole bit. And he wasn't, he wasn't surviving this. They came in out of desperativity. All right. And Spirit said immediately, the chocolate bars. The chocolate bars. I said, ah, ha, 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 these were big. They weren't like the kind you get in the, you know, the health food store. They're, you know, the ones that are only like six inches or eight inches long. This was the big one. It was like a foot long, kind of like the foot long hot dogs. <laughs> you know, it was like six or eight inches, you know, wide or whatever. It was one of these and it was high quality stuff. And, and, you know, had them stacked. I pulled the chocolate bar off the, off the thing. And I said, this is going to be your weapon. That's what I said. I said, spirit says, this is going to be your weapon. And the parents looked at me and they said, we're open to it because we're desperate. We've, we've been through hell and back. We're losing our lives because of this. And because our son is losing his life. And he said, yeah, I said, I said, you're, 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 you're weaning down off your drugs. You know, you're working with your, your doctors on that. You're working on that whole thing. I said, but I want you, I want, when you feel like you're going insane and you're, and you're really struggling through that weaning process at different times, I want you to start eating a hunk of this chocolate. <laughs> 
And I don't mean like a little bite. I mean a hunk of this chocolate. You know, I remember he, he looked at me. I said, look, have a little piece now. I opened it up, broke off a piece, and he, and he was eating. And he said, this is really good. This is really good. And he smiled. And his, and, and his parents said it was the first time he smiled in years. Couldn't even get a smile out of him. The first time he smiled, his name was Cole. So Cole started eating a piece, and he smiled. And he looked at me. And he said, you know what? This, this, this can work. I said, you feel it can work? He said, this can work. And the parents said, I've never heard him even say anything like that, ever, throughout this whole struggle or process. And he said, this could work. And guess what? It did. He was clean. In fact, he literally weaned off rapidly off of the, off the, uh, the opioids with, with the doctor. Rapidly. Okay? Not only that, but he was knowing how to self-medicate with the chocolate. He was free from it. His drug addiction, in three weeks, three weeks, never touched it again. How do I know? I stayed in contact with them for years, years after that. One reason why is because they helped me out too. Is the parents said, why are you in this office here with, you know, not able to eat, not able to do anything? You helped us for free. And they were like, we're just going to give you some little donations here at the start just so you can get some car insurance, just so you can drive. I said, well, driving doesn't really work for me that great anyway because I hear Spirit as I'm going down the street. And Spirit's telling me as I'm at a stoplight, what's wrong with everybody on the left side of me and the right side of me or in front of me? So, you know, but either way, I, you know, so it was one of these things where they said, well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get something, something, donations or something for what you're doing. And so, you know, it kind of moved forward in my life from there. That's just, just filling in that blank, if you're curious. But the point is, is Cole survived. He survived. Spirit told me when he walked in, he wasn't going to make it. If, if, if they left that day unsatisfied or confused or uncertain or not wanting to comply or whatever, okay, Spirit said, he's not going to make it. I had that hanging over my head. And this was 25 years ago. Had that hanging over my head, like a lot of things that hung over my head with knowing too much. But the point is, is that chocolate saved his life. Saved his life. So as much as you see, I don't really talk about chocolate too much. I have one recipe in Life Changing Foods where there's a little bit of chocolate involved. I think it's a pomegranate recipe. I don't know if you guys know it and stuff like that. And fine, I think, you know, I support it. It's okay. I have it in the book. But I'm saying if you, you know, if you really feel sick and you've got a lot of problems, keep it minimum. Don't do a lot of it. You could do like the pomegranate recipe or something or do something once in a while. Don't tank it every day or don't have it, you know, like five times a week. But addiction-wise for especially coming off the heavy stuff, the heavy drugs, the stuff that seems inconceivable to break for so many reasons, more than one, two, three, four, five reasons, so many, the chocolate can be a savior in certain situations. You see, that's my love-hate with it, but I'm just letting you know. That's why, you know, certain things, that's why when people say to me, hey, don't you love, don't you love, uh, don't you love this diet? Don't you love this diet? Don't you love this diet? It's like, yeah, but if you got something wrong with you, it's not going to be good. If you, you know, if you got a kidney disease, you should not be eating steak or you will die early. Bottom line. Bottom line. I was taught that by spirit. If you got a kidney disease, if you got a kidney issue, 
you should not eat chicken or steak or any animal product. You have to be 100% plant-based. If you have a kidney problem on any level, you have to be 100% plant-based. Or you will may, you may not make it with a kidney disease, bad kidney disease. You have to back down the animal products with kidney diseases. Spirit taught me that a long time ago. So it's not about what diet to choose. It's what's right when you're dealing with stuff. If you're suffering from viral issues like Epstein-Barr or anything like that, you don't want to feed the virus. Why do you think I always say don't have eggs, don't have dairy? Don't have eggs, don't have dairy because you'll feed a virus and stay sick. Because it's not because I hate eggs that much. You guys know my history. I wanted to run an egg shack when I was a child. You know, flip, flipping, you know, flipping omelets. All right. But, you know, my dream never came true. I had to stick with this instead. So but the bottom line is, is that, you know, it's about what's right for you at the time. And whether I, you know, like chocolate or not at the time, I knew when to take that bar off the shelf for Cole to save his life. His spirit said that will be medicine for his situation. Um, so a little bit about that, just, just, you, know, you guys hanging in there, get your feet, seatbelts on. I don't even think you even put your seatbelts on yet. We got a little ways to go. Um, so addictions to salt, isn't that interesting? Do you know anybody that's like, hey, I'm addicted to salt. And I got this salt thing where can't get enough salt, can't get enough salt. Okay. Because the reason why is because neurotransmitters run on sodium. This doesn't mean you got to go and start tanking down salt every day. This doesn't mean I just gave you the salt freedom key. All right. That's, that's not what that means. I don't mind a little Himalayan rock salt or mountain salt or something like that that's on your food or high quality sea salt. I get it. You know, salt's okay. And, and it is okay. The neurotransmitters, which I talked about in part one, which get, get interference from heavy metals, which cause like bulimia, which cause like anorexia. You know, things like that, those, those heavy metals that get in the way of like, like the whole bulimic addiction, that whole, you know, feeling like that. I talked about feeling like you have to relieve yourself of every content in your stomach the minute you eat. Because what's happening there is that the, the, what starts that, what starts something like that is the toxic heavy metals in the brain, mercury being the number one. So when mercury interferes with neurotransmitters in, in a certain part of the brain, it actually causes a bulimic condition. And then, even if those heavy metals are removed or something alters where you outgrow it, brain tissue develops, you know, say you're in your youth, you're, you're a teenager and you're having bulimia or something like that, bulimic condition, what happens is that even if your brain tissue outgrows the heavy metal and you, get, you bypass that, you're going to be addicted to your own adrenaline. The reason why the vomiting thing is so hard to break with the bulimic conditions, the reason why, it's back to what I was saying before, the adrenaline itself, the adrenaline surge you get before you vomit, you can get addicted to. It's euphoric. I talked about it in part one. It's absolutely euphoric. And because it's euphoric, it's like a, a drug all in its own. In fact, a powerful drug. Never underestimate the power of this drug. The surge of adrenaline that occurs. And so our addiction to adrenaline can happen with so many different illnesses. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, that's, well, that sounds crazy. You know, I know someone who's, who's, who's bulimic and it's because they were abused or what, yeah, no, of course, but, the, but it's, but that's a trigger. The abuse is a trigger. You know, a mental thing going on where you're under mental abuse and whatever it could be, you're sexually abused, abused anything going on, yeah, that's, that's a severe trigger. 
which then causes that that neurological problem, which you you you, you vomit. But the adrenaline itself afterwards becomes the weapon. It becomes the addiction, and that's why people struggle with that. It's it's the same thing with uh, varieties of anorexia. What happens is there's an adrenaline surge that occurs when you look at food, especially if you have if you've been abused about food or something has happened about food and you know, you're sitting at a table and food gets put in front of you, your adrenaline starts surging and that adrenaline becomes your food, becomes the drug so you don't need to eat. So you literally lose your appetite immediately because adrenaline is surging through your system at a high rate. And no one talks about this. This is information that's never been out there anywhere. It doesn't exist. It's like most of the information that that we talk about on the show. So if you're first time on the show, realize you're going to hear stuff you're never going to hear anybody else, anywhere else. Um, and uh, and there's a reason for that. Lots of reasons. If you don't know anything about me, look into me. Um, and uh, so, so okay, so I wanted to cover that a little bit deeper. Such a serious situation. And, and so the key is, is when someone's um, getting older and they realize they got the, the condition, whether it's bulimic or anorexic, or anorexic condition of any kind, what happens is, and I say any kind because there's different varieties. There's no, there's no one variety of these. So many different varieties for, for many reasons. Knowing, knowing that there's an adrenaline addiction can save someone's life, can save someone's life. You remember how I said at the beginning here, you may not have the, the, the voice that I hear perfectly clear on the outside of the ear in real time, you may not have that option, okay, because it, it, it just doesn't exist. You may not have the option, so how about getting the information from that voice that can save your life or save someone's life or somebody you know? It, it matters. That's what I was saying earlier. So, so the deal is, is that back to mineral salts with this. Mineral salts play a role in, in breaking adrenaline addictions, so, so what happens is we get people that are addicted to salt because they're using the adrenals too much. And it doesn't mean they have something like anorexia or they have bulimia or they have, um, you know, they're addicted to something else, whatever. It, it just means that if they have that salt thing going on, they could get more addic addictive in different ways for different reasons. The assault addiction is a sign that your body's craving, your neurotransmitters are craving lots and lots of mineral salts. And mineral salts do protect the adrenals in ways that are unbelievable. So it's, it's, it's about the it big time, a big part of the adrenals. Why do you think I offer the adrenal snacks? The adrenal snacks a celery stick, right? And so that's why we offer those adrenal snacks, like celery stick, one date. So it's potassium in a date. It's micromineral sodiums in the celery combined to the neurotransmitter, okay, but not only to the neurotransmitter, to the adrenal, and um, and they protect us. Protecting our adrenals is a big part of breaking addictions because when you don't protect the adrenals, the addictions can come on like a like a lion, like a tiger, like, like a monster. Tigers and lions are monsters. You know what I mean? Like a monster can just come on like that. And so we have to protect, we have to, so back to eating every hour, hour and a half, small meals if we can, eating small meals, small meals, and they matter. Um, these little snacks all through the day, celery stick, uh, date, okay, um, some berries, uh, cucumber slices, um, you know, anything like that. I could, you could look up all my, my, my snacks that, 
that I offer in so many different ways, including the blog and everything. Um, so mineral salts are needed. Someone has the salt addiction, they're desperately needing mineral salts to the brain and to the adrenals. All right. Where can you get those mineral salts too? Spinach, leafy greens, spinach, especially spinach, celery, especially celery, which is an herb, but spinach, leafy green. The sodium content in spinach is the kind that really works versus getting the hit from that, that Himalayan salt or, or that fake salt in junk food, you know, or road salt in junk, junk food. Those don't really cut it meaning they don't get to the neuron. They don't get to that neuron with the electrical pulse. Impulse runs through it like I explained in part one. And so, so it's always important to understand that um, you need real mineral salts from the celery. By the way, the mineral salts and celery are, are undiscovered. Before you all of a sudden say, oh, well, we know sodium is in, in celery. It's salty. It's, it's, science already has it. No, science doesn't. Sorry, they don't. Okay, they know there's sodium in celery. They don't know it's comprised of micromineral salt. Different sodiums, different variety of sodiums that aren't even labeled, listed in science and research under the lab because nobody cares. No one wants to learn. Meaning, and no one, it's there's not like tons of funding going in to figure out what's inside celery. I promise you that there isn't hundreds of millions of dollars going into celery. All right, to figure out what's in it. All right, but it's got these micromineral salts comprised subgroups. I even talk about it in life changing foods a little bit. Um, so pick up life-changing foods. You can even get more, obviously, more information. Um, so, all right, let's go. Let's keep on going through this. So sodium addiction, because your neurotransmitters need the salt, your adrenals need the salt, well, the micromineral salts, okay? And then sugar addiction, because your brain needs the glucose and your liver needs the glucose, all right? And so we're going to cross that threshold a little bit more today on the sugar addiction. How do you stay addicted to sugar? You, meaning addicted to bad sugar? How do you stay addicted to bad sugar? By having bad fat mixed with it. Ice cream. That right there will we'll make sure that no glucose gets to your brain and liver. You'll starve your brain and liver. And because of the fats in the ice cream, we'll stop that sugar that glucose from getting into the brain and the liver. See, what happens is the wrong fats and too much fat stops sugar from going to where it needs to go, into cells, into muscles, into the heart, into the brain, into the liver. No one talks about that out there. It's like it's like disheartening. It's all about high fat, high fat, high fat, high fat, no sugar, high fat, no sugar. And that's ridiculous in a million ways. I can't even tell you guys. I'm not talking about, um, you know, silly low-fat diets. I'm talking about the right kind of fats, the right amounts, depending on what's going on with you, depending on what's happening. And if you've got a sugar addiction, if you need, you know, if, if you feel like you're on sweets all the time, you're missing glycogen and glucose to the brain. You're missing, which, which all this leads to addictions, Sugar addictions, because you want more and more of the bad sugar, because the sugar won't go in the right place. So you get more and more donuts, more and more uh, cookies, more and more danishes, more and more bagels, more and more, I don't know, whatever, just <laughs> whatever. What kind, of, what kind of candy do you guys like? What kind of sugar do you guys like? It's got to be switched over to dates, 
It's gotta be switched over to fruits. It's gotta be switched over to raw honey. Sugars that are the healthy sugars, okay? The healthy sugars for sure. Maybe some Fuji apples, maybe some Braeburn apples, uh, maybe some Gala apples, um, you know, maybe some heirloom apples if you could find them somewhere in an orchard somewhere else at, at the end of the year. But, but the point is, is that the right kind of sugar can get to the brain and stop sugar addictions, but it needs to make sure that you're not eating the wrong kind of fats, too high in fat, that you're not like filled with, with, with nothing but too many uh, of the wrong omegas. The omega-3s are really important and getting them in the right sources are critical when it comes down to making sure sugar absorbs the correct way. So let's go over some of the right fats. Hemp seeds, that's the right kind of fat. But you don't want a whole full bag of hemp seeds a day because then it's going to be so much fat or you don't want a big container of hemp butter. It's going to be so much fat, it's going to stop the right kind of sugar from getting to the brain and restoring the brain so you don't fall into any kind of addiction. I don't care what the addiction is, you could fall into it. See? And making sure the right kind of sugar gets into the liver. And when I mean by sugar, I mean glucose store, restoring glycogen deposits, restoring carbohydrate deposits in the brain and in, in the liver. Now, I'm touching upon a lot of this in this little area because I know on part one, when I said the brain is made out of carbohydrates, I meant it. It is, but there's going to be a lot, there's going to be an anger fest because of that, because right now there's misinformation that the brain is all fat. The whole thing on the brain being filled with fat is, is complete misinformation and a total misconception. There are micro deposits of fats in the brain that are omega-3s, but here's the thing, not just omega-3s, okay, oils that aren't even on record. One of the oils on record in the brain is squalene. Okay, that's one of the oils on record in science and research that's in the brain is squalene. All right, that's a micro, that's a micro fat. Micro fat. The brain isn't made of fat or filled with fat. It's got these really tiny little micro omegas hidden in certain areas of the brain undiscovered by science and research. Squalene is one of them, but that is discovered. That is discovered by science and research. Thank God. Okay? Because it gives us hope. But there's all kinds of subgroups of these omega-3s. Guess where you get them? Watermelon seeds. When you eat your watermelon, you bite your seed and you chew it up. That's where you get it. You ready? Hemp seeds. All right? And you ready? Butterleaf lettuce. Butterleaf lettuce. In butterleaf lettuce, there's these micro fats and they, there's these omega-3s that, that do go to the brain. It's not a hunk of fat or it's not fats. It's different. It's like a micro omega that's got a viscosity that's so thin that it won't even constitute as a fat or seem it or, or be like it. And it's not a lot of it. Not a lot of it even. Really small amounts that get into the brain, all right? And blackberry seeds, the seeds of a blackberry, tomato seeds. When you eat your tomato, there's seeds in the tomato. That seed has an omega-3 undocumented by research and science, by food research and science and any kind of research and science, and that's the kind that goes to the brain. 
Instead, people are loading up on all this bad fat, all kinds of crappy fat everywhere. And I'm just talking about fried grease and all that. I'm talking about what people think is healthy fat. They got it stacked to the brim. They're being told it's healthy. And they're losing the glucose reserves in their brain. And it could set you up for some serious Alzheimer's. But not just that. Addictions. If you're trying to break any kind of addiction, you don't want your diet so high in fat. So I'm giving you detailed information. So that you're not leaving here confused, thinking, ah, oh, the guy, he's got a different belief on blah, whatever, no fat, and the whole world says fat, every doctor says it now, whatever. No, no, this is this is about knowing what's, what's right. Yeah, and I have the right to say that because of my source. Other than that, I wouldn't have the right to say that. I'd be just swimming on the internet looking for misinformation, being like, well, I don't know, I guess I'll follow this. But I'm lucky, I'm blessed. And that blessing that I have, I want to share with you, bottom line, so you understand. So what that means is that, so whether you're, you know, eating a, a meat-eating diet or just a straight vegetarian diet or vegan diet, whatever it is, keep the fats low, but bring in more butter lettuce. Mache, mosh, I talked about it in the last episode. Um, get some watermelon seeds. You know, they're out there. You can buy them and eat them. You know, have them in the watermelon. Some hemp seeds. Sesame seeds have a little bit of it. I mean, some sesame seeds, some tahini. Make sure these are mixed in whatever diet you got. So if you're eating turkey, make sure you also have some of these things mixed in. If you're not eating any kind of animal product, make sure you got you know these in there, which you probably most likely do because you got more room for it. But so that's and and what does this play like a role in where and how? I'll tell you. It plays a role by halting addictions. When you get enough glucose to the brain and the liver, your liver's not going to be starving for it. Your brain's not going to be starving for it. And you're not going to go into deep into addictions of all kinds. And you're also going to have protection against adrenaline surges that can get you addicted to anything. Addicted to literally anything. Okay? Very important to know. Very important to know. And you don't want to be addicted to danger. Okay? I, 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 I recently told a story about when I was in my childhood on my street and everybody looked at me because they knew I would do things a little bit more daring because I heard a voice and the voice the voice made me kind of what would be un, um, you know not unstoppable but indestructible or whatever it is and you know I was considered a superhero in my childhood because of what the voice would say like like diagnosing uh, a friend's mom of diabetes or whatever it was and and what, what happened is because of that I also felt like I can do anything. So I would do things that were daredevilish, daredevilish. But I found during those daredevil causes, um, going against spirit, of course, I found that the adrenaline ride in it, dare, like daredevil anything, jumping on a bungee cord, I mean, with a bungee cord attached to you, which I've never done. But anything like that, you can get addicted to adrenaline. And then, okay, fine. What does that mean? That means you might all of a sudden start drinking too much coffee and never be able to break it. You might be, you might be, you know, um, you know, doing some kind of uh, amphetamine. That's prescription. You can't break it. You might be able to, you might not be able to break a sugar, bad sugar diet. You might not, not even to break it, whatever. And so whatever that is, cigarettes and so forth. I want to tell you a little cigarette pack trick. Cigarette, I call it the cigarette pack trick. I think I might even talked about it in one of the episodes possibly. Going, uh, going all the way back last year, maybe, maybe longer. Um, one way to, to, to give you some information on how to break cigarettes. First of all, the reason why you're smoking cigarettes 
is because cigarettes activate adrenaline. They shut off your appetite. Um, they, they, you know, you ever hear about, hey, when people get off of cigarettes, they get off the nicotine, they start eating more. Have you been through that in your life? Uh, that's because um, the adrenaline surges are calming down. You're not, you're not getting that adrenaline amped up. So one way, and another reason why people get addicted to smoking isn't just because of nicotine being a drug. Um, it's because cigarettes make you alkaline for a quick second, a hot second. <laughs> they make you alkaline. So for like 30 seconds, you get an alkaline hit. You get alkaline. Like it's this, this, this supersonic wave of bam, you're alkaline. And <laughs> that happens when you smoke cigarettes. And then it goes, oop, way acidic. So you need another you need another cigarette, and boom, to get the alkaline hit. Then you go way acidic. Then boom, you get the alkaline hit. Then you go way acidic, and um, because the coal that's burning when when it's in between of being fresh tobacco and then burnt tobacco, a chemical compound develops in between that nobody knows about. Once again, undiscovered by research and science, that becomes so. Alkaline, so alkaline, it's off the chart. It's this one split point zero 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 point whatever one percent of time that this chemical ignites, but it ignites between the fresh tobacco and the burning tobacco. And right when it poofs, right when it ignites right there, you end up getting it into the system. And it is more powerful than 10 million tons of nicotine. That's being, you know, that's being exaggerated. I'm exaggerating on that, of course, whatever. Um, but it's so amped up and it gives you an alkaline hit to the brain, not into the lung, to the brain right away. And that's how what you're hooked on. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. They think it's nicotine. Nicotine is just an aspect of it. It's this alkaline hit. That's what it is. And so, so when, you know, when that's occurring, it's hard to break it. Also, you got the adrenaline rush because every time you go into your pack of cigarettes and you're about to pull out a, a smoke, a cig, your adrenaline starts running. And if it's held back from you a little longer, your adrenaline runs more. And if you can't get to your break time at work, go outside and, you know, whatever you're working, whether it's, you know, a store or a factory or... Whatever you do in your life, whatever, and you want to get a break or you work in a hotel and you want to step out in the back of the hotel or a restaurant, you want to get a cigarette and you miss that break and you got to wait for the next break, your adrenaline starts running more and more and more. And you won't even want food. So your adrenaline's pumping through your veins. Remember I told you about the two big groups in part one? If you haven't heard part one, you got to hear part one. you got to find part one. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, find part one <laughs> after this after this one. <laughs> um, so what happens is that two groups is that group is adrenaline, the other one's glucose. So you're sitting there and you're waiting and the adrenaline's running more and more. As soon as you get that cigarette out, your adrenaline's fired up and running. And then you get the hit and then boom, you're alkaline for 30 seconds. That's what happens. Of course, you'll have also a nicotine withdrawal, withdrawal off of nicotine. That is real, but it's only part of it, you guys, part of it. So what's a good cigarette trick? Here's what you got to do. Here's where I like chocolate once again. Good old chocolate spirit taught me this trick for people, okay? All right, so you got two packs of cigarettes. You empty one of them. So you empty one of the packs so it's empty. 
Well, you should empty the other pack too, because you're only going to put 10 cigarettes in that pack, not 20. So you're going to put 10 cigarettes back in that pack. The other pack that you emptied completely, you're going to fill with little pieces of chocolate, the little pieces, little pieces from the little chocolate bar, not the big one I talked about earlier. You're going to fill that with little pieces of chocolate. You're going to stock it, okay? And what you're going to do is you're going to have, every time you get that adrenaline surge, that adrenaline surge is coming on. Like, baby, that adrenaline surge is, is coming on, and, and you know it, and it's break time, and you're about to have your cigarette, or whatever it is. You pull out a piece of chocolate out of the, the, the empty pack that, that was filled with chocolate pieces. It even soaks up some of that nicotine, believe it or not, because nicotine is, is aromatic and, and soaks up some of that tobacco and everything else. So the, the uh, chocolate pieces, and if you do this ahead of time, your chocolate pieces will soak up a good aroma of cigarettes, by the way. So you pop one or two little pieces in your mouth, and you don't chew them up and swallow them right away. You leave them in your mouth as long as you can until they melt, until they take their time, and all the way to the bank. You do that, all right? And then the next time you have a cigarette out of your 10-cigarette your ten cigarette pack, and you break down, you cut your cigarettes down in half. You cut them down in half. You could do five cigarettes. You could be whatever daring level you think you are. Start at 15 cigarettes, whatever you might be doing. And you keep both packs on you. Another secret weapon is never smoke inside. Smoke outside. Always smoke outside, but that's not all. Only smoke when you're walking. If you can try that one, it's a sure shot way to quit. Only smoke while walking. You'll take less drags and you'll get less, you know, addictive nicotine like we're talking about and other stuff going on. It's all going to be calming down a bit because you're going to be walking. You're going to be walking off your smoking habit because it's hard to smoke while walking. It's harder versus just standing there or being outside. So that's another technique is you have to do the walking while smoking thing. And what you can do is get more oxygen in you because you're walking. And, and yeah, so that's the other trick. Plus with the, 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 you know, the packs. So these are the two, you know, two very powerful ways you do them combined. Then yeah, you got it in the bag. You'll quit smoking. Your adrenaline will eventually calm down because when you're taking that walk and you're smoking less cigarette, your adrenaline that's pumping, you're not just standing there while adrenaline is pumping, making you a victim, making you prey, whatever it is. You know, you, you, what, what happens is your adrenaline's being used as you're walking. You're using it up. You're going to be less addicted on all levels. So that's the, that's the cigarette technique, cigarette pack trick. So, you know, that <laughs> so make sure you tuck that one in for somebody you know that smokes because you don't smoke. I know you don't smoke. Well, I'm sure some of you do, but hey, but maybe you know someone that does. All right, so that's a whole other thing right there. Covered the mineral salts, co covered the sweet brain stuff a little bit. Very important. Covered the eating every two hours to hour and a half. That can help stop any addiction. Any percentage you get out of this show, any trick or any piece of information that's powerful, okay, is powerful. I'm going to go through one thing spiritually for just a few seconds. There's also spiritual energy that's at hand with addictions. Okay, you know, I hate going into this land too much, but we have angels and those angels are there for us. And we need to call upon them 
And I don't hate going into the angel thing. I love it. We know because, you know, there's angel. I have two angel chapters in, you know, in my books. I have an angel chapter in book one, book two. Uh, Life-changing angels, I just, you know, we just, you guys know about now, which are really incredible to have on your side, especially even with, with eating problems or anything. But there's also negative energies out there. There's just negative energy out there. I'll just simplify it. Those negative energies love addictions, love people that are trapped in addictions. Be aware that there's just psychic energy out there, that there's psychic energy out there that, 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 just, that just magnetically likes to be involved with addictions, okay? There's something that, um, that you know how the alcohol is called spirits? You probably heard that before, but guess who started that one? I started that one 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I started that one. That one came from me. If you ever, I always say there's stuff that has gone around and come around, and it came from me real early on. I could even prove that one. I have that one in writing 30 years ago. And what happens is that that whole spirit thing involved with spirits, with alcohol, why we call them spirits or why they've been called spirits is for that reason, because spirits do or an energy does come around when we're trashing ourselves in any way possible. Whatever that might be. I mean, even if it's on the most mildest level. So just be aware that you want to cut out that negativity. You want to cut out those negative energies. You don't want to let them feed off of your addictions too as well. Whatever that might be. So I just wanted to pop that at you one last second while we're finishing up this show. Isn't this fun? So look, um, and, and yesterday we talked about you know some stress as well. We know it's planet stress. Come on, I got to be honest. Um, planet stress is what it is. I can't be ignoring that fact. Planet Earth is a beautiful place, without a doubt. But because things have changed throughout the ages in so many ways that govern the way the world works, it's, it's, it's pretty stressful. We know that. But we have to realize that, yeah, the stress does play a massive role. And anything we've gone through, the hardships, the losses, and I understand, and I'm behind you 100%, they play a role. But let's strengthen ourselves. Let's get the armor on. Let's take all this information, anything you can from the show. I'm going to stick by you. We're going to do the show, and we're going to keep on doing it. We're going to keep on doing it. And I stand behind you guys. I love you. You know I do. And you know I'm here. And I'm here. I'm going to give you everything I got. I don't care. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make sure I, I, I get that information in the books and the whole bit. I love you dearly. Take care, everyone. And hey, on to the next show. I'll see you then. Bless you. God bless you.